And welcome back to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And thanks again for uh, being here on this Memorial Day. What a wonderful blessing it was to have Father Hugh Gillespie in studio with us. And again, if you want to see his schedule and what is going on with him this week, go to LegionOfMaryDallas.org, LegionOfMaryDallas.org. And as I mentioned, we have now the... Uh, the University of Dallas segment, and it's just been such a, a pleasure for, gosh, uh, gosh, I think a, a year now for uh, Dr. J.J. Sanford, the current provost of the university, to come in and uh, tell us about what's going on at the University of Dallas. He always brings a guest in, focuses on the virtues, and we always learn a whole lot uh, during his segment. So I welcome, even on Memorial Day, wow, what, what dedication this is. Uh, Dr. Sanford, good to see you. Great to see you, Dave. Thanks so much for, for having us on the show again. It's it's really a pleasure to be here on Memorial Day, and I, I thought it would be fitting to talk about the virtue of courage today. Um, and courage, Aristotle and Aquinas both define as a kind of fearlessness in the face of the fearful. And, of course, we commemorate on Memorial Day those who've exercised truly exemplary courage of a um, uh, sacrificial sort. And um, that you might think of as a paradigm of courage, but there are many varieties of courage, and both moral and physical, and, and the courage of, of one who stands his or her ground in the face of kind of fearful opposition to uh, holding on to their, their beliefs. So courage has a, a number of varieties. And today I have a very special guest, the professor of drama and incoming chair of the Department of Drama, Stefan Novinsky, who is an alumnus of the University of Dallas and now is carrying on the great tradition of drama that we have on campus. So welcome to the show, Professor Novinsky. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So uh, we're going to talk about drama in connection to courage. And before we get into that subject matter, can you tell us a little bit about your own um, dramatic narrative, so to speak. How, how did you end up where where you are as a professor of, of drama? Uh, you know, it's a crazy story in that I thought I would be a professor of literature. And then I figured out I was better at bringing plays to life than I was as a writer. Mm-hmm. So I went to graduate school at University of California, San Diego, met my lovely wife Donna there, who's a set designer, moved to Los Angeles and pursued directing theater mm-hmm. for about a decade. I worked at most of the major regional theaters in Los Angeles. I did a lot of work for Disney. Mm -hmm. Uh, I turned Toy Story into a musical for Disney. I thought that would be my career. And then there was a shift um, in many, many reasons, the shift back to becoming an academic. Um, I sort of always knew I'd be a professor. Mm -hmm. My parents are professors. And I applied, and guess where the Holy Spirit brought me? Yeah. Yeah, right back to the University of Dallas. And it has made me grow as an artist Mm -hmm. because you have to take stock of how you make art to teach it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has helped me uh, become a better director and given me stability. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie. But it's far more fulfilling than what we would call a freelance career as a director. Right, right. That's great. Well, thank you for that. So not everyone knows what the study of drama is. And I, I think everyone's familiar with what a play is. Everyone is, has seen plays. But on the college level, what what are you doing when you're teaching drama? What does that mean? It's a great question. Um, well, first of all, it's funny. You should say we're it's drama. So mm-hmm. we're a drama department. Most schools will have a department of theater or theater and dance. 
UD's drama department is because we are really dedicated to dramatic literature. Mm-hmm. We like to say we explore dramatic literature through performance. Mm-hmm. Now, the shift for many of our students is sometimes a bit jarring They're, because we take drama so seriously. Uh, we're one of the few schools in the country that perform our plays 10 times, mm-hmm. right? Normally it's over a weekend. So this dedication to dramatic literature, to bringing uh, theater to life, it's what we do. And our goal in the department is uh, to create well-rounded theater artists. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, uh, I think that they can find whatever their calling is within the realm of theater. Mm-hmm. Many arrive as actors, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, I started out in acting. Everyone did. And then you find that your gifts lie other places. Um, a stage manager who helps us hold and organize the entire show, uh, set designers, uh, backstage crew. And then we have some very successful directors and actors who've already graduated. Mm-hmm. The curriculum is set up in a somewhat unique way. Uh, like many departments at the university, I think all, we have a senior capstone project. Mm-hmm. In our department, 99% of the students direct a fully staged one-act play. Mm-hmm. It's very unique in, in America, higher education. No one does this anymore. Mm-hmm. It requires that they get a group of their friends together and use the best practices to put on a play mm-hmm. while being mentored by the faculty, mm-hmm. which means that they go from being able to show up and getting given lines and uh, a costume and they get applause to having to run the show. So my colleagues in the College of Business say I teach production management, mm-hmm. uh, a very practical skill. It's a strange department, and we're both dedicated to this impractical thing, art, and yet the skills they learn are very practical. Yeah, we do, we do a lot of impractical things in, in higher education, and, and sometimes um, – that's bemoaned, but in fact, you know, impractical, rightly understood, right? We're, we're cultivating in our students a, an orientation towards truth and the cultivation of, of wisdom as a, as a master virtue as well as other virtues, right? Here we're talking about one of the cardinal virtues, courage. And you've just taken us through what a drama major goes through, but one of the things that's distinctive about the University of Dallas is its rigorous and integrated core curriculum. And any student, well, I should say, every student goes through that core curriculum, and any student has as an option the opportunity to take a drama course as part of their their journey through the core. So what are you trying to achieve in those students who are just on the pathway of uh, receiving this rigorous liberal education who aren't going to go on in, in a career in drama? Uh, perhaps they will, but... But you're not primarily recruiting majors. You're you're trying to share something about the nature of drama with those students. So what what are you really stressing with those students who participate in that way? I'm I'm teaching that course right now in May term, um, theater history. Mm-hmm. And the real first question that they all have to face is why why do we put on a play? Mm-hmm. Right, it's one of the oldest art forms. Why do societies want to dramatize something about themselves? Mm-hmm. It's a big difficult question. And it opens doors to all the other things we think about at UD. Now, we're going to go through the history of the art form. Mm -hmm. But while doing that, we're going to ask that much larger question. So the play doesn't exist. Let's say we do Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, which is this brilliant comedy. But it doesn't exist in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Well, what caused that? What was the need behind 
the writing of that play. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to explore. Uh, I also make them create characters. If we study comedy and Commedia dell'arte, mm-hmm. I make them look at the questions of what happens when we get into modernity. Mm-hmm. And we have, we've lost this, really the, this question of the centrality of God, but we're still making great art. Mm-hmm. So what is this art exploring? Mm-hmm. All we're doing is we continue to ask the same questions. I feel like almost every core class asks these questions. What is the nature of truth within the world of theater? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a bit more personal, maybe, because mm-hmm. we're dealing with emotions. Right. So let's let's. Uh, that, that's a good introduction to courage, actually, because of of the way in which courage is a, a moderation, uh, a kind of a perfection of uh, some of our emotions. Hope being one of them, and fear another. They're both balanced in in courage, and um, um. I know you've done some reflecting on the relationship between the virtue of courage and, and drama, and, and where, where do you where do you see the I guess the the nexus of that virtue with the the study of drama, the practice of drama? Well, uh, I mean, clearly it takes courage to get up on in front of people, mm-hmm. right, and do a play, and every actor will tell you they're nervous. So there's that that sort of type of courage to just I don't know put on your big boy breeches and get on stage. Mm-hmm. But when you're making theater and you have to make these choices, you do face uh, uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And so there is a courage, there's a rawness that you're facing. I've made these choices to put on this play, which makes me then have an examination of conscience. Why did I choose this play? Mm-hmm. Why did I make these choices? And then the next step, if as you're making it, you need the courage of an artist. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a philosopher, Jacques Maritain, says the courage for virtue for an artist is the ability to finish. Mm. His, his wife was a poet, and he was very frank about this. Yeah. Right? So we just think about this. We all start projects. Can you finish them? Now, for an artist, the ability to finish means to create something that has is, is cohesive, is a wholeness, is a thing beyond just – it's greater than the sum of all the effort you've put in. Right. right? So for the theater artist, that question of courage is, can I go further? Yeah. Yeah. Is it possible that I am using my own foibles, my own ways I dodge truth in my own self mm-hmm. be, so that I don't explore what's actually in the play? Often I say to students, you're putting a film between you and the truth that's in the play itself. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, as theater artists, we serve the play. And so it's not like we have a blank canvas. That is this next level of courage is, am I doing everything I can to bring this play to life while risking my own self, risk, emotionally risking, mm-hmm. but not indulging? Right, yeah. That's an interesting distinction, risking and not indulging. And um, let's let's bring in the audience here a little bit. We were, we were talking about uh, Pope Benedict um, a little bit before as we were reflecting on, on what to talk about during this segment of the Good News Show. Um, and um, he uses the, the word shock um, when he's talking about the responsibility of the the artist. And um, who are we shocking there? Well, not primarily the artist, right? It's those who are participating in the work of art that is the, 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 the play um, that's on display or that's that's acting. I don't even know what, what the right verb is when we're talking about 
the participation in, in the play. But could you well, could he, you talk about that a little bit? You know, in terms of shock, he says, "I want you to reawaken, mm-hmm. um, opening fresh eyes of the the audience, mm-hmm. reopen their heart." That's what he means by shock. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? Um, I have a, a friend who works for Disney, and he said Disney audiences like to be surprised, but they don't like to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, our job when we create a bit of theater is to is to reawaken shock. Uh, uh, many great philosophers talk about well, that's an encounter with beauty. Right. Somewhat shocks you. I think about that a lot. I think it's because you're seeing uh, um, this truth wrapped up in mm-hmm. this way, in this in in beauty. That is in, uh, you can't avoid. Right. Right? And so it's not pretty. And this is sometimes difficult. I, I say to my students, we have to go beyond pretty into real. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the beauty that we're talking about that's shocking mm-hmm. is not pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, that's difficult to get an 18 to 22 year old willing to go there. Right. Right? But the great plays, if you're willing to really look at the great plays, you know, what is Oedipus up against mm-hmm. uh, when he faces that his mother is also his wife? You know, what is Hamlet up against when he's asked to avenge his father, mm-hmm. right? An act of violence to put his soul on the line. Um, all the great plays, they don't waste our time. Yeah. And so I say to my students, we're no longer, how do I put this, dressing up for our friends. Right. You know, that's, that's a great um, distinction as well, right? I, I think a lot of people do regard theater as a kind of entertainment, a kind of diversion. And um, this notion of, you know, a, a great play is not a play that wastes our time. Where do you draw the line between mere entertainment and a great play? You know, um, Horace, the, the, the philosopher, ruined most of theater when he said art should entertain and educate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have, I, I've been looking at a lot of people encyclicals to the artists and not one of them. They even stress your job is not to entertain and teach, right? It's to explore the beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be entertaining in some way. It has to grab the audience. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a real question for you as an artist. Well, have I gone too far, right? We've all done that. We've all put style in front of substance, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, the ethics of even any public speaking, right? That's all. It's, you constantly ask that question. We ask that question of our students. Uh, what plays do I pick, right? This is where UD helps, mm-hmm. right? To bring it back to UD, uh, my plays, um, uh, for, for your listeners, um, I'd love to get you a ticket to our shows, but it'd be hard because they're all sold out. And that's a testament to where the university um, how much they love the drama at UD. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it means that any play I do, I have philosophers, mathematicians, physicists, ethicists, theologians, all are going to want to talk about this play. That's so true. That's true. I'd better have a play that has big questions. Mm-hmm. That, so that's the big thing. What big questions are in the play? Mm-hmm. If, if, if you can sum up a play with a declarative statement, it's not worth doing. Right. You know, and, and it's also the case, you know, it, it, uh, an effective teacher in any discipline recognizes that there's a way to ask a question that gets people's attention. And, and here's where the, the style versus substance distinction is really relevant. It has to be done well. The, the shock won't occur unless the art is practiced really well. 
And in drama, that doesn't mean it's always practiced exactly the same, right? There's right. there's variety between night one, night three, night seven, night ten in the performance of a play. So um, what 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 is the cause of that variety, other than than somebody missing a line or being innovative? But is, well, is it a matter of exploring different facets of the of the same truth, or what what affects well, that? Well, it goes back to that question of why we do it. So community wants to come see a story about themselves. Mm-hmm. Now picture this: I have three different shows on three different nights, and here's my audience. Ready? Opening night are all the friends of the cast, mm-hmm. and our our very intimate theater. The audience is very present. So opening night, all the friends of the cast. The second night, it's all faculty. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine what happens to the actor when they go from all their friends who find everything they do funny to an audience full of philosophers? Yeah. And then the third night is usually our alumni night. They've had a little wine. Uh, they're older and they're closer. And I say to the, uh, my cast, that is a professional audience, mm-hmm. right? They're not your friends. They're people with some life experience. So what shifts, hopefully is that it becomes this communal event mm-hmm. between the audience and the actors. And the audience, the, sorry, the actors mm-hmm. have to be meek, this virtue of meekness. Mm-hmm. They have to be open to what's being given, what the room is. Mm-hmm. Um, then it becomes special mm-hmm. and everything is shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had shows where the audience was terrible and the actors were great. Mm-hmm. And I've had to go backstage and say to the audience that the actors changed nothing. Mm-hmm. It was all the audience. And so it, it, it's this... It's it's very annoying. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie to you, because uh, it's something we can't control. Well, let, let me shift gears just a little bit because you often um, hear in popular culture uh, um, a certain a certain tension between the life of the artist, in this case um, a director or an actor, and the life of faith, as though you know it's it's a it's a, a rare thing. And if somebody is living a life of faith and involved in the arts, they're you know they're they're really an oxymoron. Um, you know what what what's your view of that of that um, relationship? I I will admit when I was going to become a drama major at the university, it was uh, John Paul II's plays that confirmed that it was okay for me to be a theater artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a normal question to have with someone who's young, mm-hmm. but normally they're confusing a, a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. With the work itself, mm-hmm. um, and it goes both ways. the The play that you're trying to put on does not care how long your hair is, what kind of clothes you wear, where do you whether you go to church or not. Mm-hmm. Um, later in life, when you get past the lifestyle thing and you're just doing your work, it's a difficult, trying, fulfilling. Um, vocation. Mm-hmm. All the popes call it a vocation. It's a calling to explore beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, we need beauty. Mm-hmm. And so who else can do it? But the artist, it's a special calling. But I get why is this question of lifestyle. Well, I, I'm a person of faith and some of the actors are not people of faith. What I would say to that, say to you is, so is the rest of the world. Yeah. And yet you seem to navigate the rest of the world just fine. Mm-hmm. Do your work. I will tell you that as a man of faith, I find many solutions in place through my faith mm-hmm. because it is a complete, it completes me as a person. Mm-hmm. And if all great plays explore the human, then I need to explore everything that makes us human. Faith does that. Mm-hmm. Many, many 
modern plays come up against a world which in which there is no faith. And in some ways they prove the existence of grace mm-hmm. by its absence. Mm-hmm. Because the actors, sorry, the characters have created only through pure reason, what they think solves life. Yeah. They have no way to be reconciled back to the group. So I, I don't, I understand that worry. Um, you know, theater students tend to, you know, they can sometimes be viewed as sort of slackers that don't have everything, have their game together. But I will tell you, uh, we did. They work it, very hard. I can tell but you they that. They work incredibly hard. hard. Yeah. And they risk in ways that other people teaching right now, Theater history. I don't have one drama person in that entire class. Yeah. If I ask any of these students to read, and I have a physicist, a lawyer, a business major, that none of them are will, would want to read in this way. Yeah. Well, this this has been a, a real treat to talk about beauty, art, drama, courage. And I want to wish our listeners a very happy Memorial Day. I want to thank Professor Stefan Davinsky, the chair of the drama department, for his time and thank his family for letting him come and be part of this show today. It's been really a pleasure. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Well, thanks to both of you. And uh, thanks so much, uh, Dr. Sanford and also Professor Davinsky, for uh, talking about University of Dallas. We have such a great relationship with them. And uh, interesting conversation. And uh, Dr. Sanford has been focusing on the cardinal and the theological virtues. So I wish a very ha- well. I don't really can't, can't wish a happy Memorial Day, but a Memorial Day. And I hope uh, you get everybody to get some rest and also pray for those who have passed along, especially our military members who have died to to give us the freedoms that we have today. And again, my name is Dave Palmer. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been a live um, presentation on this Memorial Day today, which I normally don't do, but we just had such good guests lined up that I couldn't pass up on the opportunity to come in here today for an hour but i'm going out to the pool now and have some fun with my family as well and uh and again just a final reminder about the summer speaker series event which is coming up in about seven weeks july 19th thursday night frontiers of flight museum deacon harold brick sivers will be our speaker and the tickets are fifty dollars we're hoping that uh you will come and invite lots of your friends as well go to grn online to buy your tickets today. Have a great rest of this holiday and a wonderful week. And uh, we'll see you next Monday for the next Good News Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.